Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Mathias. I want to welcome you to another episode of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I'm Robert B. Center. Brad, tell us what is Brilliantly Brave Parenting? What does that mean to you? Well, you know, for me, it means that I feel none of those things. Exactly. I don't feel qualified is a better way to say it. I'm not qualified to be behind this mic except by the grace of God. That's one thing that we can agree on. <laughs> it might be the only thing. It may be the only thing. Now, I think that that's important that, that, that everyone out there knows that we, you know, we don't take ourselves seriously um, at all, but we take the matters that we're discussing seriously and we're, we don't think that we've got all the answers. Brilliantly Brave is tongue-in-cheek. And um, so we explore every week uh, a different topic, a different expert in the things that pa- parents deal with. And so this this is going to be a great episode. Before we get into it, Brad, what's, uh, what's new from Maine? What's new from Maine? Well, I did find out that uh, people in Maine take something really serious that um, is kind of traditional up there, and that's lobster. I know that that's not like a news flash. No, not a surprise. But on the the area that I live in is coastal Maine, up near Bar Harbor, and almost all my neighbors have big boats parked in their backyard, hmm. waiting for the ice to thaw, and they're going to put them in the water, and they're going to be so. My hope is that by being a neighbor to lobstermen, I'm going to get some lobsters. I think that that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like living next to a corn farmer in Illinois. You get a lot of corn when it's harvest time, right? That's People very are true. like, hey, man, I got extra corn. Or if your neighbor overplants tomatoes, you ever notice that? Mm. Suddenly they come around with the, gar- you know, with the brown grocery sack yes. full of, yes. like, please eat these. Exactly. I'm hoping this is a thing. Can you clear something up for me? Maybe you know as, as being a resident main guy. Um, are what are lobsters considered? Are they an insect, a fish? Are they what are they? Well, I'm not an expert, but okay. I know that they're in the arthropod family because I have a biology degree from undergrad. Mm-hmm. So that means they have eight legs like a spider. So like a bug. Well they're like a a crustacean spider. I guess. Okay. Maybe someone who's listening right now can illuminate us. What's intriguing to me about that is at some point, someone back in prehistoric time or maybe just whatever looked at these sea bugs and was like, hmm, that's pretty good to eat. Let's grab that. (laughs) Like what goes through a person's mind when they- Well, I think mostly hunger. Yeah. But even then, like I don't look at a cockroach and go, hmm, I need a snack. I bet there's something inside that shell that I could eat. It's just interesting. It has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today, but um, it, it's I, been troubling me. Even for you, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these are the things that I think. Um, I'm excited about getting into <laughs> Segway. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Robert, we have just been chatting before the interview, mm-hmm. and you and I had a chance to look at a trailer uh, for an upcoming movie. Yes. That It looks I, fantastic. I, it really, the topic on this was a major headline. I remember it a couple of years ago. Like mm. this was a big deal, and it really affected the nation, uh, even the world, mm-hmm. uh, because it it touches onto some really significant moral and life issues, right? Mm. And yeah. uh, what we're talking about is the movie "The Long Goodbye," and it is the Kara Tippett's story, and we get to have the producers directors, the people behind that movie on with us today. Welcome, Jay and Sophia Lyon. 
So glad you guys could be with us, and sorry you had to witness um, our uh, banter here, nonsensical banter. Oh, that's that was a PG banter, I think. <laughs> well, we were kind of a PG show. Uh, we occasionally hit 13, but that's about as far as we typically go Yeah, before it gets edited. We're so glad that you guys could take time. Um, what What moved in your lives that you said, I have to, we have to document this. We have to tell the story. Obviously it made headlines, you know, her life made headlines, but personally as a couple or as a family, what, what drew you to this and and compelled you to make this film? Well, um, I'm a TV producer. That's my background. So, um, I produce, um, docu-follow TV shows, which is also known as reality shows, (laughs) but, um, we, we don't necessarily say that word necessarily because, um, you know, it's, it's a scary word and people get, you know, freaked out about it. Like, oh, my gosh. And there are some bad ones. But actually, I've worked on some really good positive shows, um, some shows that uh, I think are great. Like what? No, we're not going to get No, um, I'm actually curious. Tell yeah, our listeners, what, what have you worked on? It's like leaving us hanging. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, I was on an MTV show uh, for five years called Made. And it yeah. ran 10 years. She actually sang the theme song for that show. Nice. And we produced hundreds of episodes and won uh, four Emmys. And it was a show for high school kids uh, to where they would um, have a dream in the beginning and like, oh, I want to be a basketball player. Or I want to be a rapper. And they wanted to be made into something. Yeah. So it was called Made. Awesome. My favorite show he's worked on is My 600 Pound Life. Ah, yeah. I just recently heard about that. TLC? Yeah. Yeah. I love that show. It's just so crazily, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it it is, definitely. So then what what drove you to this? What what was the thing that pulled you to this story? Well, so I had always wanted to do, um, believe it or not, a TV show about people and the end of life. Uh, their issues, suffering and, and even dying. And so, I, you know, we developed shows together and um, that's part of our, our production company. And so we were developing a show and just thinking I had, I had always been stirred towards that. Like, especially as a Christian person, I felt like, you know, as a Christian person, we have a different viewpoint on the afterlife and even death. And suffering. And we talked about cancer, too, because one in eight people gets cancer now, just mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. How many families have been affected by it's cancer? It's a reality that so many people are living with. It's a kind of, let's do a show about that, cancer, dying, and not everybody in the show is going to die, but they're all dealing with some kind of illness or suffering. But from a Christian perspective, because our perspective offers hope, whereas a lot of these other shows, movies that people watch that include dying you know, or suffering or cancer, they're so bleak and hopeless. Yeah, so that was basically on my mind, and then... I saw a post on Facebook that said, pray for my pastor's wife, cancer. And that was terrible. Wow. So give us the broad strokes of the, for people who may not be familiar with the headlines from a few years ago, talk to us and tell us about the main subject of your show. Tell us about Kara. You want to tell? You want to do it? I'll start. You start. Okay. So Kara Tippett's was a pastor's wife um, in Colorado Springs. She had four small children, and her and her husband were starting a church uh, at this time, and she was writing a mom blog. She's a mommy blogger, and um, on one sense, she was the ordinary mom. She was the every mom, but in the other sense, um, God took her and just 
put her in the national spotlight um, with her cancer journey. Um, and one of the things that kind of really blasted under the national spotlight is her relationship with a woman named Brittany Maynard, who um, was on the cover of uh, many magazines and around the um, right to die and the assisted suicide thing. And Brittany also had cancer, brain cancer, and was dying. And very young. And very young. Right. So Kara was very young. Um, so Kara Tippett was a mommy blogger. She also wrote a book. Um, her book ended up winning book of the year. It was called The Hardest Piece. Um, also, when we did this uh, first little trailer for her that, and, and, and guys, it didn't start out as like a documentary that like somebody mm -hmm. cooked up in a boardroom, let's make a movie. It was more like we just met Kara and wanted to do something for her. Mm -hmm. So we did a three to four minute little trailer that we gave to her. She put that on her blog and um, then it, it got several hundred thousand, I think 325,000 YouTube views in a week. And then the Washington Post covered it. Um, uh, just hundreds of in huge, fact, do you uh, remember this? You didn't want to do this. He uh, actually did not want to call Kara because he felt like it was a little bit awkward. Awkward. He said, "You know, this is kind of I'm going to call this lady, and she's really nice, but like we're going to go there, and is that appropriate? And mm -hmm. you know, we would be sent that. Yeah, and I think well, that's one thing that I." I'm sorry to, to jump in, but I think that's a really interesting to point out, and I'm I'm really glad that you guys ended up doing the movie, because so many of us feel awkward when it comes to dealing with death and dealing with imminent death. I should say, um, we don't know what to say, we don't know how to enter conversations, and and so instead of trying to wrestle with that, we just kind of stay away in a time when probably it's more important than ever to engage someone that is, is facing that, right? And so I think this is a great on-ramp to, to start those kinds of conversations. Thank you. When you first met her, how, what was it like? I mean, how did, how, did, how did it go? Well, okay, you first met her on a phone call. I first met her on a Skype. We Skyped together. As just a, like we're doing today. Just, just like, like today. Awesome. And we Skyped Kara and Jason Tippett's, and it was an instant, like, oh, I love this woman. I love this couple. Mm -hmm. You know, Jay and I were in full-time ministry for a long time, and Jason and Kara planted a church. So there's a that instant connection just as ministry, just um, as a couple. And then it just hit us midway Skype when I'm just looking at her beautiful face, just thinking, how in the world does she have stage four cancer? Mm. Because she's, her eyes were just so full of passion and and energy and life. It just was hard for me to believe she was actually that she actually had terminal cancer. And so I remember thinking after that Skype, I felt kind of a heaviness because it was like, wow, I just, I met somebody that's like my new best friend, my new favorite person. She made mm. you feel so at ease. And now I'm probably gonna have to say goodbye to her pretty quickly. And I, I just thought to myself, how must her friends and family feel? Because this is someone they love and that they've known forever that they're saying goodbye to. And it was, it was just an instant connection, and I felt like she was a very special person, mm -hmm. not because of her cancer, but like, wow, this is a really unique person who's not afraid to share, and she was great on camera, um, very vivacious, made everyone feel comfortable, but also had a, something more about her, where she was not ashamed of Jesus in a way that I haven't seen in a long time. Just mm. somebody that really, her whole aim was to point people to Jesus. Yeah, I'm... As I'm thinking about this and and how the dynamic in a family, if I'm thinking I'm a mom, I got four kids, sounds like they were pretty young, mm -hmm. um, pastor's wife, 
a lot of the time, people will just sort of shove that down. The reality that mom is dying or the reality that there's a terminal illness and all of that just kind of gets pushed down. But it seems like Kara actually embraced it and invited people into her story as it was happening in real time. Is that accurate? It is. You know, an interesting story um, that's in the movie is her girlfriends, two or three of her closest girlfriends, they're just sitting around a table talking and... um, and this is kind of a, it, it feels kind of like a reality show, honestly, when you watch it, because that's my background. So it's not a typical documentary where there's a lot of maybe interviews. It's more what I would call scenes. So Kara allowed us to come into her world and, and just kind of live life with her at the end of her day. So there's a scene where three of her girlfriends are sitting around and they're talking about how um, when they're over with Kara, they try not to cry. And they're like, you know, we got to hold it together. And then, and cause you know, Brad, I see you already getting emotional because it is such a personal thing. And when you're there supporting somebody that you, you love. And so the girls, the girlfriends are saying, I try not to cry. But then one of the girlfriends says, but you know what Kara told me? She said, Oh girl, your tears are meant to be shared. And so Kara loved for her friends to come over and even if they cried and just to be there. So she opened herself up Hmm. um, rather than shutting the door. And, And it's understandable how sometimes people shut the door. That's, that's okay. But Kara did the opposite of that. She opened her heart. She opened her door, invited people in to suffer with her. And in so doing that, she helped us all to live better. That's what we want this movie to do. You know, she also started vlogging. And her vlogs are precious. I love watching them still. And we put as many of those and her self-shot things on her cell phone and as much of that in the film as possible. Mm -hmm. We wanted this to feel like this was Kara's home movie that she put together. Mm -hmm. You know, like this was, this is a string, like a patchwork quilt. These are all little pieces of fabric from a long time ago, from maybe places that she spoke at churches, mm-hmm. her home videos, her vlogs, and then the stuff that we shot with them and kind of just put it all together like a beautiful quilt just to make it feel extremely raw and personal. But I loved watching her vlogs because she encouraged people so much. But what gave her such a credibility was like, it's one thing if you and I are encouraging people today, but we're healthy. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, she had terminal cancer, was only 36 when she got it, and knew she was passing away. Mm. And she yet had the vision, and I believe that God gave that to her, to want to do these vlogs and blogs and write a book and share mm-hmm. her journey with people to be a blessing and to point them to Christ. And one of the things that she says is, you know, God is not absent. Like, so um, he's present in our pain. Suffering is yeah. not the absence of God's goodness, for he is present in our pain. Now, I want to say it again, because this quote changed a lot of people's lives. This is, I think, her most important quote. Suffering is not the absence of God's goodness, for he is present in our pain. Hmm, that's really good. I can tell that, um, you know, it impacted, it changed your life. Anytime that you, it's not like a normal, what you'd say, reality show or whatever. I mean, this is something that, you know, has long lasting um, impact. Um, as it relates to, first of all, it's courageous for you guys to jump into that because it, it is, it's difficult to put yourself in a position where you're walking through end of days with somebody. Um, what has changed in you about how you relate to people that are in there, you know, dealing with health issues or even close to the end um, that you can share with us and, and listeners out there that, that 
give us some encouragement about how to handle that. Um, people that are in health crisis. What what would you say to that? You want to answer first? Okay. okay. <laughs> I would say, don't be afraid of them. They're just like you and I. They're just going through something. And yes, they might be. You might be afraid of offending them, or you might be afraid of um, upsetting them, and or maybe making saying them, the wrong thing. You know, or right. we think. Oh, I don't want to mention it. They might have forgotten that they have cancer. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. They might be like, "Oh no, thanks for reminding me. I have cancer." They know they have cancer. They know they have this disease, but it's so encouraging. They want you to ask about them. They want you to pray for them. Sometimes it's a simple thing like, "Hey, I thought of you. I brought you a cup of coffee," or "Hey, I just thought of you. I wanted to text you a picture of my kids." You know. So it's not all about them. They. They know that there's a whole world outside that they, unfortunately, at the end, when, you know, if they're in hospice care, if they can't really do much anymore and they're confined to their bed or their home, they like seeing the outside world, Mm -hmm. you know, and they want to know that you're carrying on with Mm -hmm. your life. It's not an insult to the person who's sick that you're still carrying on with your life. In fact, we have two kids, Juliana and Felix, and Kara and Jason had four kids, have four kids. And um, when we were putting music together for the film, our two kids actually recorded a song for the Tippett's kids, and it's actually in the film. So my little boy, now we've been working on this film for five years, knows all about the Tippett's family, has been praying for them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really taught him a lot about kind of sharing in people's suffering. And he's never met Kara Tippett, but I just know that God's going to use that in his life. For the time when, you know, we actually have a couple friend now that goes to my son's school. We had over for Chile and she got diagnosed with breast cancer. If I had not met Kara and kind of done this and walked through this, I would have never invited that woman over for dinner. I would uh, have yeah. I would have said, Oh, I can't invite them over. They don't probably she probably can't have chili. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I think you've already answered this question, but I'm going to ask it for our audience. This is an age-appropriate film for families to watch together, correct? This is something that a family could watch. It is. It is. I would say that if you had small children, they probably won't like the film. It'd be. It's not like there's not a lot of fun bells and whistles for a small child. No um, action sequences. <laughs> no, and you know, it is a heavy subject, so I would caution parents to kind of look at it briefly and make their own choice on, is this something you want to share with your kid? Certainly if a kid has experience and mm-hmm. illness in the family, this isn't going to be news to them. Right. But if it's a kid that's like never experienced any illness and is like, what's cancer? You might want to have a brief conversation with them, but there's nothing scary about the movie. Okay. No. So it's all about the appropriateness of the topic to the family's environment. Yes. It, it sounds to me like, this would be an excellent tool, though, for a family or a community of faith to use if they are finding themselves coming alongside of a family that's had a, a terminal diagnosis of cancer or other illness, and they're just trying to process. How, how do we love these people in the midst of this? It, it sounds to me like a really cool resource. Even though it's a heavy topic, it's really necessary yes. for all of us to inevitably we all deal with this topic yeah Mm -hmm. i'm I'm thinking as a pastor you know how people really don't like to talk about or discuss their own mortality right yeah it's it's just we kind of want to pretend it's not going to happen right (laughs) exactly and so uh 
it's kind of too scary or it's too unknown or it's mysterious, but in general, uh, there's going to come a point where we do need to talk with our kids about our life. And we have to talk with them about grief and death because it's going to impact every family, right? Right. You know, and Kara's kids, uh, I love how Kara and Jason kind of handle this whole thing in each stage and each phase of her cancer journey. But one thing that kind of stuck with me was that Kara let them ask questions. So there were no questions that were off limits and she let her kids know that. Um, so she was open for them to ask any question they wanted. And so I think sometimes as parents, we kind of flood our kids with too much information when all they wanted to know is like, is this red or blue? And we were like, well, listen, here's all the colors on the spectrum. Um, we have red, blue, purple. We have magenta. We have, you know, fuchsia. And the kids like, I just wanted to know about exactly. red and blue. And so I think even with cancers, like an illness, sometimes mm -hmm. it's just good to ask have your kid just ask the question to know where their head's at and, the, and then answer that. The, the important thing about that is they didn't sit the kids down and, and give them a huge speech, lecture like, or speech about what was happening with mom. They gave them each age appropriate mm -hmm. um, answers. And so they told the older ones more and they told the younger ones less. And But they just told them uh, a few pieces of information and let the kids ask questions and it really worked for them. So I'm not saying it's the perfect or the best way to do that, but that's what they did. And the kids drove the conversation. And I think the point Sophia just made is, is really true when we're talking to our kids about really anything, whether it's a, a sticky political uh, situation or um, any kind of, you know, or the fight mom and dad just had, you know, and they want to know. But it's like, <laughs> um, you know, it's like, Things like that, just letting them drive the conversation and asking the questions. And that's something that I think was really uh, interesting and unique that Kara, they were great parents. Yeah, I learned, oh, I learned so much from about parenting and just watching how awesome their kids were and, and in this kind of a situation. They're just an amazing family and these kids are so blessed to have parents that love them, but also parents who are kind mm -hmm. because sometimes, you know, it's not, it's difficult to be kind you really have to go out of your way as a parent hmm. you're you have this whole long to-do list especially as a mom like pack the lunch get them up i do sure. all those things just for the record okay, okay. Sure. <laughs> that's duly noted yeah but what i'm saying is you kind of get caught up in the whole list your to-do list and sometimes you just become like robo mom you're like pack the lunch you're not going to be late mm -hmm. be nice to your teachers don't forget to ask about the math homework Mm -hmm. And then when they get home, you're like, did you do your math homework? Did you forget your clarinet? Right. Why didn't you give in the permission slip? And mm -hmm. so you kind of go through that. But what I loved about Kara was she reminded us to be kind to our kids. Mm -hmm. Just sit there with them. And if they want to just sit there and snuggle, just snuggle with the kid. Yeah. You know? Kara said, um, you know, she was, Kara would watch other moms from her window. And she would watch them in the carpool line or watch them, you know, walking their kids home from the bus stop or doing things that we would think is is boring or not worth our time. You know, sitting I, I have to sit in L.A. traffic to take my kid to school and it drives me crazy. Um, but what Kara said was she was jealous of those moms yeah. who got to pack their kids lunches and got to walk their kids to the bus stop. And that changed me because I thought, you know, this, this 15, 20 minute drive I have with my son every day is a great opportunity for me to encourage him and to wish him to have a great day and to pray with him in the morning and to do affirmations of Bible verses and tell him that God loves him. You know, oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> now I can't even start crying. You got to turn this off. You can't, you... 
Well, I'm I'm listening to this, Robert. It it is one of those things where sometimes it's an awkward. It's so awkward for a family who's sort of stepping into or around illness and death that having a third party like a movie to watch could mm-hmm. really open the doors in a way that helps a dad or a mom. It's just like I don't know how to talk about this. I don't know how to bring this up. It's sort of like third part, you know, third person. Yeah. It so it's not a, it's not aggressive and it's not invasive. It's just there. And then the family can sort of respond to that. What a cool way for a family to engage with this. I agree. I think it's a perfect tool for um, for families and churches to... So how do we find this movie? Where would a parent go to to either buy or stream or, or get their hands on a copy? So uh, parents can go to Amazon or iTunes. They can um, download copies on Voodoo, Google+. Plus. Um, the com has the most up-to-date information. Um, we were actually number one for DVD sales and documentaries on Amazon and kind of sold out the first day. That's fantastic. Nice. So we created um, a link that people can buy a little sooner because sometimes Amazon is a little bit crazy. And that's on com. They can buy it direct from that website. Or they can get it from Lifeway if they still have a Lifeway. <laughs> Not exactly. I, that well said. Just factually speaking, if Lifeway is still up and around, they do have Kara Tippett's documentaries, um, DVDs. Fantastic. But yes, online, anywhere you can find digital, mm-hmm. they can run it online. And then you mentioned like churches and small groups getting together. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have licensing kits put together with discussion guides and graphics invitations. Oh, yeah. That's all up on com as well. You know, a lot of people do watch this in community, and Kara was all about living in community. So even though this movie is about her suffering, it's really a movie that teaches us how to live and how to be better parents and how to live in community with those around us who are suffering. So uh, one of the things Kara was her, one of her most important things in life was living in community. So it's interesting. People watch this movie in groups and they, I, we even see it on Facebook. They tag a friend, they watch the trailer and they tag a friend and they, you're like, you know, Oh Mary, let's watch this together. And it's just interesting. Um, so, or they'll tag a friend and say, uh, Sally, and then cry, 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 cry emoji. And say like, oh. we need to watch this together, you know? And so that's what care was all about is grab a friend, Grab somebody you know, and Brad, you were talking about this, but even somebody you know that is suffering, you could even invite them um, to watch this movie, to go over to their house and watch this movie and bring them, you know, some Well, I would say if the if, person yeah. is not, it depends on where the people are emotionally, because mm-hmm. if you're already in the fight of your life, you might not want to watch this, but it is really up to the individual. I have a friend who has breast cancer and just had her surgeries and chemo, and it didn't affect her to watch this film at all. I have other friends who don't even have cancer, but they lost someone 10 years ago and they still can't make it past five minutes into it. So I think it's a very individual thing of where someone's at emotionally themselves mm-hmm. and how they process grief. Right. How they grieve is important. Yeah, Robert, I'm just listening to this and thinking of all the audience uh, members that we have. And there are going to be people who are going to be blessed by the story and encouraged in the midst of their suffering. Yeah. Uh, we can't thank you enough for being on our show today and sharing about this really important documentary that you guys helped to create. Thank you for being on Brilliantly Brave. Thanks so much. Having us on your very cool, cool, brilliantly brave. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. Take care. 
You know, Robert, every parent, every pastor is looking for resources that are new and insightful for their kids. So true. So so where do we go? Well, with the advent of iShineLive.com, we have a web store. And in that web store, we've got resources. Like what? We've got resources like Bibles. We've got devotionals. We even have journals for kids. Do you have music? We do have music. And video? Absolutely. Wow. And everything's been designed for the preteen and tween in your life. Who needs Amazon? iShineLive.com. Check it out. Robert, I I was kind of tearing up a little bit in some of that because I, you know, I just, you know, my sister-in-law yeah. passed uh, almost two years ago as of the date of this mm. uh, recording. And I, I kind of, I wish I'd seen that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have no regrets. I don't want to apply that, but I just, this is a valuable thing they're doing. It's so important um, because like we said at the beginning, it, it is a very difficult, people don't know how to talk about it. We don't know how to, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I know for me, I don't know what to say when I see someone that, that is either in their end of life days or, you know, has a relative, like you don't know what to say, I'm so sorry, or like, don't worry, you know, I mean, you just, I fumble in my mind over how do I approach it? And so often I just avoid it. And so that's why this is so critical. And we can't recommend enough going and getting a copy of this and streaming it and sharing it with friends that might be in that same position. We'll put all the information in our show notes and links and that kind of thing. But yeah, powerful, powerful opportunity. Yeah, I almost feel like it gives us an opportunity to get to know Kara Tippett's. Yeah, exactly. After the fact. Um, and that has to be one of the most courageous things a person could do. Mm-hmm. I to agree. invite a camera crew into her life as she's dying. Yeah. That, yeah. Very generous. That is a extraordinary gift that she gave uh, families, and I hope our audience takes advantage of that. I do, too. So, um, you know, thank you for spending a little time with us. Uh, go ahead and hit subscribe on our podcast. We'd love to keep involved and keep uh, keep you up to date on what's happening around here. And if you think of it, give us a comment, uh, hopefully a good review. A five star. Five stars, if you don't mind. And uh, we're grateful that you chose. We know you've got lots of options and podcasts out there. Thank you for uh, spending 30 minutes with us today. And we'll see you again next week. Thanks and God bless. Be encouraged, parents, you are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. We are excited to announce the Storms of Life study, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. It's a great subtitle, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we know that students are stressed. And for parents and pastors, it's important to know what are the top three things that are really on the minds of our kids. So Brad, walk us through what they can expect from the Storms of Life. This is an eight-week study. It has uh, video insights. It has uh, presentations from a actual youth retreat with junior high and high school students. These kids are going to learn about how their faith can help them fight back 
the stress that they're living with every day at school. Check it out on iShineLive.com. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they, they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome.